This is Pastor Scott Hidman from Clovis Hills Community Church, and you are listening to the Clovis Hills Podcast. You are about to hear from one of our teaching pastors here at Clovis Hills. I want to encourage you to download the Clovis Hills app where you can follow along with today's notes, submit a prayer request, or give to the ministry of this church. I hope today's message encourages you and draws you closer to the heart of God. It is uh, great to be in the house, uh, even, and, and I do want to give a shout out to the team in Israel. I was just checking what time it is. It's a little after 8 p.m. tonight uh, in uh, Israel right now, so it's quite possible that my boss uh, might be watching uh, live on Facebook right now, so I want to make sure that I deliver the goods, but uh, God's blessing. Let's say hi to all the team in Israel. Yeah, and then to our online community, and if you're uh, watching uh, live via Facebook right now, we're just uh, glad that you've joined us in this way and that you're present with us uh, for this powerful hour with the Lord. I don't know about you, but I'm a big, uh, I love to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. I love to celebrate St. Patrick's Day primarily because I don't know about the luck of the Irish, I don't know about that, but I know uh, 35 years ago, I married an Irish woman. And uh, her name is Jamie Ray, and she's a Maloney Doherty McGee. She's as Irish as you can get. And uh, I've been towing the line since is all I got to say, you know. But we're going to have a a wonderful celebration this afternoon, and we love St. Patty's Day. We've been uh, to um, Ireland, uh, took a little cycling trip with a bunch of people. It's, It's a beautiful country, beautiful people. Some of the friendliest people on the planet live in Ireland. Some say it might be because there's a pub on every corner as well, but I, I don't know about that. But anyhow, they're just beautiful, happy people, and it was a great experience for us. Now, I'm gonna, one last shameless plug, because if I haven't met you, I've only been on staff. I'm referred to as the new pastor, uh, a guy on Saturday night. My friend Wesley says, you are the Sean Beatty lookalike. I'm not sure what all that means, but anyhow, I feel honored by it, but the the, the truth of the matter is, uh, my, my assignment is I am the men's pastor, pastor of men's ministry and expansion. I understand fully what the first one means. I'm still trying to understand what the second one means, but I'm just happy to be here. But here's what I want to say to you men, as long as I'm on this platform and have the opportunity to give a shameless plug. Man, get connected. We've got growth group opportunities all week long and if you're not connected, the, maybe one of the better decisions you can make today is to join one of our groups. I lead a couple of, facilitate a couple of groups. We have other leaders on Tuesday morning here in room 32 at 6.30, 6.30, and that's a sermon-based gathering. It's really awesome because we get in four or five tables and we discuss the sermon from the weekend. I also f- facilitate a men's gathering on Thursday morning. That's kind of a young marketplace business Men, we meet at a, a, a conference room of a local business owner and a member here at Clovis Hills and would love to have you join us there. Dave Love has a Saturday morning. There's just, men, there's ways for you to connect. And I just want to encourage you, connect. If you're not connected, it's a beautiful opportunity for you to join God's family in this way. How many of you were here last Saturday night, last Saturday night with Derek Carr? Man, a few, yeah. There should be some hooting and hollering 28 people came forward to respond to the gospel invitation. Yeah, that's worth celebrating. We don't want to miss out on celebrations like that. And of those 28, 16 were first-time, first-time decisions 
for Christ. And I'm just telling the beauty, yeah, the beauty for us is see, you notice anything on, that, on the light over here? It's starting to fill up, isn't it? We're just seeing God move in powerful ways, and we're going to have to unleash uh, and uh, unveil beyond the light because God is moving in this place. And I, I want us to get back to our uh, study. If you haven't been with us, we're doing a series in 1 Corinthians. You can turn there to chapter 3 in your, uh, Bible, on your Bible app, on your phone, or if you have a paper Bible. Some of us still carry paper Bibles. I, I like to interact physically with what I'm reading. So you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And we've been doing a series entitled Good News, Good News for Bad Christians. And really, uh, we've been diving into this letter that Paul wrote to this church in the first century in Corinth. It's a church much like Clovis Hills. It's a carnal church. It's a carnal church. It's a church made up of many broken, sinful people. Can I hear an amen? Okay, that's who we are. That's all, that's all we can bring to the table in our interaction and connection with God. We can bring our brokenness and our sinfulness and the beautiful thing is God takes this mess of us. And, and Jesus even said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so Paul is addressing this church that he planted in Corinth. And these were people that were working on their testimony. That's, what we, that's how we describe it at Clovis Hills. They were working on their testimony. We're going to get into some pretty dicey issues. This was a church that had a lot of issues. In some ways, this should encourage us, right, that there's always hope because the kind of issues we're going to cover along the way are issues. This is not out there, but in the church, uh, in Corinth, there were issues of incest. There were nasty lawsuits, uh, godly people taking godly people to court. Um, There was drunkenness at church. I mean, literally, they were having people show up to the Lord's table drunk. There was just a lot of stuff going on that needed to be addressed by leadership. And Paul, by God's moving and the work of the Holy Spirit, wrote this letter. But the main issue that we've been looking at since we started in these first several chapters, and this will extend all the way through chapter 4, is the issue of divisiveness. The issue of divisiveness. It's just conflict, right? And here's the thing. How many people does it take in order to create an environment for conflict? Yeah, one, right? Somebody said one. There's the honest truth. I was going to say, well, if you're married, you would say two, right? You don't have to assemble a large group of people to create opportunities for conflict, division, and divisiveness. And think about this. This is what marvels me about the work that God does in the life of the church, man. I, I, I can look across this sea of people right now. I, I can look at you and, and just think how many different stories, how many different journeys, how many different dynamics, how many, how many different people groups are represented even in this auditorium right now. And God has assembled us for a unifying purpose Right to bring him glory and to lift him up. And that can only happen through the miraculous work of the Holy Spirit powerfully at work in our midst. And that's what we want to get to this morning. I want you, if you're able, to stand with me for the reading of God's word. My longtime friend Jody Wong 
is going to read our scripture this morning. And uh, just out of respect for God's word, let's, let's hear the reading of the word. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the spirit of God lives in you? God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Stop deceiving yourselves. If you think you are wise by this world's standards, you need to become a fool to be truly wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. As the scriptures say, he traps the wise in the snare of their own cleverness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise. He knows they are worthless. So don't boast about following a particular human leader. For everything belongs to you, whether Paul or Apollos or Peter or the world or life and death or the present and the future. Everything belongs to you and you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Man, I hope you caught uh, last weekend's message. It was powerful. Pastor Sean did a beautiful job. I, I told him afterwards, I said, man, thank you for teeing up for me. Thanks for setting me up for a win, because he really touched on, really, the heart of what I want to get to this morning and that is the active role of the person of the Holy Spirit. Sean did a beautiful job last week of giving us a timeline. He started out, if you remember, with this thought of what is heaven, right? What is heaven? There's a lot of interest in heaven. I don't know about you, but I'm interested in heaven. I want to go there. I want to be there. I want to experience that, uh, that really that end game for all of us. Like that's where we, but Sean simply said in, in the Bible, we we sometimes don't fully understand it's simply the abode of God. It's where God dwells. It's where God is. And then he showed us just the, the biblical narrative. He gave us a little simple timeline starting in Eden. Like literally we can see in those early chapters of Genesis that God was walking in the garden with, with Adam and Eve. He was walking with them. He was present with them. It was a, it was a little piece of heaven, right? It was paradise. It was It was beautiful. And then we know what happened that changed everything. And in that next chapter is man rebelled, rebelled against God. God's desire and design was not enough. It wanted more, more. God was not enough. And what that ended in was really separation from God and literally being cast out. And then here's a beautiful thing about God. What I love about the Bible is in its most simple form, it's a love story. You know, when we, when we sing songs like, God is crazy in love with us, right? He's crazy in love with us, with us. Do you believe that? I believe it because it's true. The Bible shows us and demonstrates over and over that God has been actively, lovingly pursuing us since the fall of humankind. We as a species rebelled against him. Everything in us pushing back on this grace gift of God. And God has shown over and over and over again that he will continue to pursue us. It started with uh, him really calling a people to himself and then them uh, ending up in, in rebellion and bondage again in Egypt. And what did God do? He delivered them again. He sent them a deliverer, Moses. And then Moses, when they wandered out into the wilderness, you remember Moses was given instructions and designed to, to really set up a tabernacle. And that was really what 
signified God's presence. It, it was a, a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And God's presence would dwell in the tabernacle. It was portable. Some of you have been at this church long enough. You know about portable, don't you? You know your journey as a church. It hasn't always been a beautiful auditorium, right? It's been in a school. It's been really people working hard. We, we uh, planted a church called New Harvest Church. And I loved it because we, we were a portable church too. We called ourselves a holy cow, a church on wheels. And I just remember we had this beautiful team of men that, uh, and women that used to get up at oh dark 30 and they'd pack a trailer. And you know what? They'd take that trailer and haul it to Clovis West. And they would set up, they would set up the, the facility, the dwelling place for us to experience God in a powerful way as church. But you know, the desire is always right. We want, there's, there's something in us that wants a sense of permanence. We want a sense of permanence, and that's why I think a lot of times we, we build permanent structures so, so that we can come and gather and worship the Lord. And it was no different when King David, the greatest king, when King David, he, he was living in a beautiful palace, and as Sean shared with us, man, he felt this conviction like, here I am living in a palace, and God's house is just this portable thing, man. I want to build him a temple. And God said, no, you, there's, there's blood on your hands. You're not going to be the one, but, but your son, your son will build a temple. And God was gracious enough to give him all of the plans and design. And I was just reading earlier this morning. It's really, really cool because King David gave extravagant, extraordinary amounts of money to ensure that Solomon would be successful. And it was a seven-year, seven-year building campaign to build that original temple. Seven years. Just think about all the detail and how, how ornate it was and how beautiful and how, how beautiful we wanted to make this place for God. And literally, people understood in that time when they worshiped God at the temple that this was God's dwelling place. This is where we, we, we would come to experience God's presence. But God had a greater plan. You know, God always has a greater plan. Because the whole Old Testament points in one direction. It points in one direction, and it doesn't point in a direction. It points to a person, and his name is Jesus, right? Sean shared that, really, that the, uh, in John chapter 1, verse 14, and the Word, the Word, the Logos, became flesh and dwelt, tabernacled among us, full of grace and truth. God was not willing to stay in heaven, but he sent his own Son, and Jesus willingly came to earth. He came and, as Eugene Peterson says, moved into our neighborhood for one purpose, to accomplish what he couldn't accomplish in heaven. That was to save us. He came to seek and save lost, rebellious people like us. Now, here's what blows my mind. That's good news, isn't it? That's called the gospel. That's good news. But here's the thing. Jesus actually said to his disciples before he left, listen, I'm going, to give you some, I'm going to give you some really good news. It'll be good that I die and leave. It's interesting. This uh, thought just came to me thinking about my Irish woman. We're getting far enough along in marriage now where it's hard for us to imagine not being together. You know, that's the beauty of a, a rich relationship, right? You, you stay in the journey long enough and really, life becomes unimaginable not being together. Now, we know 
It's, someday that's going to change. But I can imagine that those disciples, man, they were, they were just hitting their stride with Jesus. They were starting to understand some of the program here. And then all of a sudden he introduces the thought, hey, by the way, religious leaders, they're going to, they're gonna, with great hostility, seize me. I'm going to be tried. It's, it's going to all be unjust. It's going to go down badly, and I'm going to end up being crucified. I'm going to be killed. But the good news is I, I'm going to be raised on the third day. And they, they just they weren't having any of it. Just the thought of him not being with them. They weren't having any of it. And that's why if you have your Bibles, look at John. Uh, John chapter 15, verse 26. I, I, I love this because um, if, if you have a, a, a Bible that has red letter, red letter, you'll notice that there's just a bunch of red letter. This is Jesus pouring out his heart. And here's what Jesus said to his disciples in verse 26 of chapter 15. I will send the advocate, the advocate meaning the Holy Spirit, the encourager, the, the comforter, the counselor. I will send the comforter, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify about me. And then if you jump down, chapter 16, verse 5, listen to this. But now I'm going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking me where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. Now listen to this. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Now doesn't that sound crazy? Why would Jesus tell his disciples, look, it's, it's actually going to be to your benefit if I go, if I leave. Here's why. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. But if I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. And here's what we know. Like, we're on the, we're on the backside of this, right? Here's what we know. I, I, and this is what I love. Have you had experiences in your life where people grossly overpromised something and underdelivered? You know the old expression, right? Like, you, you promised me, but you grossly, you, you like horrifically underdelivered. Sometimes people can make bold promises. But then, like, actually delivering on that promise is a whole other matter. I want to tell you, this promise that Jesus made, not only did he make an extravagant, bold promise, but he delivered. He delivered because the Holy Spirit did come. And by the way, we're going to celebrate Pentecost Sunday. It's going to be awesome this year. It's in June, June 9th. I just say circle that date on the calendar. And here's what I mean by that. These real dirty baptistries right now are going to be deeply set in a beautiful stage, and we're, we're trusting God that he's going to bring 100-plus people to get baptized on Pentecost Sunday. We're going to have a spirit-anointed, spirit-driven moment, and we just are trusting God that he's going to do this. But before that, before that, this morning, I want you to know some things about the Holy Spirit that God wants you to know. God the Father, God the Son, want you to know about the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. So if you've got your outlines, let's just do a couple of fill-ins. I'm kind of like Sean. I see little birdies, little squirrels. I get a little sidetracked. I, I start thinking about things 
other than my sermon and notes, so let's get to it. Point number one, the Spirit of God is a person. The Spirit of God is a person. Here's why I just think this is so powerfully important for us to get a hold of. Because sometimes we, we treat the Spirit of God like just an entity, like a thing, like a whatever. But here's the way the Bible describes it, and I don't have time to go into great detail. I would study it for yourself. There's lots of great material and great reading on the Trinity and God the Father and the role of the Father, God the Son, the role of the, His Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit, all three being persons. The Holy Spirit is a person, and here's why I'm so passionate about this and why I know that Paul was so passionate because if you don't understand this as a an interactive interpersonal relationship you're having with a real person you're going to miss out on everything that God has for you in this life I mean this is a gift beyond all gifts the Bible really is explicit about the role and the place that the Holy Spirit plays in the life of a believer and in the life of his church. Let me give you a few examples. Have you considered lately that without the Holy Spirit, you can't be saved? You can't be saved. Here's the thing. Paul, even earlier in uh, this letter, said, look, I, I didn't use eloquent words. I'm, I'm not trying to wax eloquently. I'm not trying to be wise in worldly wisdom. I come with the power of God. It's the power of God that transforms lives. John 3, 3 uh, verse 3 and verse 5, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he can't enter the kingdom of God. You cannot be born again unless the Spirit of God moves in and does a regenerating work to draw you to the Savior Jesus. And I, I just want to say this, man. If you're here this morning, you got drug here, somebody promised you green beer after church. I, I don't know why you came. Right, but here's the thing. I just want you to know the Holy Spirit is actively at work speaking to you right now. It's not about how crafty I am, how engaging I am. I think that matters, but what really matters is the, the role, active role of the Holy Spirit right now in this place. We get to see it every Saturday and Sunday. We get to see it every Saturday and Sunday. The role of the uh, Holy Spirit is actively at work Monday through Friday as well. We just get to see it in our midst in this way when we gather in this auditorium. You know, without the Holy Spirit, you, you can't have assurance. Some of us live with a lack of confidence our entire lives. Here's, here's what the Bible says. Paul writes in Romans 8, 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Do you know that this morning? Do you know that you are a child of God? Do you have that assurance? Has, has the Holy Spirit been deposited in you? Listen, here's what I know. It's kind of cool because there, there's a little bit of weight associated with getting up in front of people and communicating a God's word. And I feel that, but here's the thing. The last time I preached on this platform, I, t I told you I had a life-transforming experience. And you know what God told me? God said, I'm pleased with you, Mitch. Let me tell you something. No, listen, listen, it's great. But it's not about me. I'm just saying, 
God wants you to experience and feel that pleasure, each one of us. He wants you to know that you're his, that you're a son, that you're a daughter, that you belong, that God has purposed for you a beautiful purpose in this life. You know, without the Holy Spirit, you can't even understand the Bible. We read this earlier in this letter. But here's the thing. In 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12, it says, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Do you know that the Spirit is eager to reveal truths to you that can only be revealed by His Spirit? Without the Holy Spirit... Sometimes it's even impossible to pray. Now, I'm not saying you can't pray anytime. I'm just saying maybe, maybe you're young enough you haven't experienced a real uh, trauma or tragedy or some really deep hardship. Maybe you have. But here's the thing. There, 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 if there has not yet been moments, there will be moments in your life where literally you are so heartbroken, you are so devastated, you don't, know what, you don't even know what to say to God. And you know what God says to us? He says, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. I was talking to a friend this week, and I know if you're a parent, you get this, you get this. Man, you just, when, when God entrusts kids to you, you just love your kids, man. <laughs> you love them. You got a crazy love for your kids. And if you're a kid, you maybe go, it sure doesn't feel like that. But here's the thing. I love my kids. I love my kids. And this, this dad was sharing, man, he, he's, got, he, he's got one child, an only child. And uh, he's been on a path that really has been destructive. You know, when I'm sitting down, this guy, this is a grown man, he's 58 years old, man, and he tears streaming down his face. And he says, Mitch, that, that verse, I've held on to that verse now for months, for months, just pleading with God. Sometimes I don't even have words to speak, but I know somehow, some way, that, the, that whatever I'm feeling in my heart is being conveyed to God by the Holy Spirit because he knows me and he loves me and he cares about me. This is the beautiful role of the person of the Holy Spirit being in us. You know, we can't witness without the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. You'll be my, my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus promised that we would receive power from on high. Wow. Wow, wow. Well, how many of you, you remember J. Vernon McGee? There's about probably four or five of you that, that do good. You're old enough, you oldies. When uh, you used to just hear J. Vernon McGee on the, uh, on the radio when there weren't that many channels, right? Listen to J. Vernon McGee. And I, J. Vernon McGee used to love to say, the largest denomination in the world, the largest denomination in the world is the ignorant brethren. The ignorant brother. And here's the thing. 
I just think if we don't really pay attention to what God's saying to us and what Paul is communicating to this church of Corinth and to us, we're going to miss the grace gift of the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing. He says God is in us. In, in our passage, look at this. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and the Spirit of God lives in you. God's temple is holy and you are that temple. God in you. Say that with me. God in you. That's point number two. God in you. Man, I just wonder what would it look like if we really took to heart and, and actually believed that that is not a feeling, it's a fact that the Holy Spirit was deposited in us the moment we trusted Christ as our Savior. Let me, let me show you. This is how it got solidified in my life. All of us have a story. We're on a journey, right? Some of us were maybe blessed to have spiritual influences earlier, earlier in our lives. I, I was one of those guys. I, I came from a godly heritage. Like, I had grandparents on my mom's side that were really, really, really godly people. I, in fact, my grandfather, Earl Draper, is one of my heroes. And here's the thing. My, my grandfather was a flaming Pentecostal. And if you don't know that, what that, that is, that is somebody that's on fire for Jesus. Man, he was on fire, in fuego. In fact, I found out later, you know, sometimes you don't even know. You don't even know what a big deal your own family is. My, my grandfather was, a, was an elder in an assembly God church called Full God, uh, uh, the tabernacle downtown. It's actually off, off administrative offices for community regional medical center now. It used to be a beautiful, booming church. My grandfather used to, I just get emotional thinking about this. He used to go up and down this valley doing tent meetings, preaching the gospel with a team called Pentecostal Warriors. My grandfather was one of the founding members of Full Gospel Businessmen an organization that was really powerfully committed to businessmen and seeing businessmen get filled with the Holy Spirit and ignited in their faith. I'm just saying I came from good roots. But here's the thing. Here, all I knew as a kid is my grandpa used to invite me. Here's how it worked. He'd invite me over to do sleepovers. And I remember a few things distinctly. When I came to his house, he would get me up when the stars were still out. I thought that was strange. I never understood. I, why, I thought you don't get up until it's light out, right? He got me up in the dark. I didn't know what, later on, I realized he got me up at about 3 or 3.30 in the morning. And then we would go out and we'd read the Bible. We'd read the Bible. And then my grandmother would always prepare a breakfast. And we'd sit and eat breakfast. <laughs> Here's the thing I remember. I just remember long breakfast prayers. Like when you're eight or nine years old, you, all you care about is the food, right? And I just remember my, my grandfather praying these prayers. I mean, he would get all passionate and fired up, and they would go on for a long time. And regularly, I pray that Mitch will receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He would pray that, oh, I pray that the Spirit would descend upon him and that he would know the anointing of the... And I thought, man, this is, I want to eat, Later on, he, he took me to a meeting right now, uh, like a year later to a business meeting. It was a luncheon. I just remember going there, man, and there was stuff going on, and there were people 
receiving the gift of tongues and there was prophecy and people interpreting and I'm looking around like I'm 10 or 11 years old and people are talking about the Holy Ghost and I was spooked. (laughs) And it took me a long time. It took me many, many years of really, first of all, fully understanding and and developing an even deeper sense of gratitude for my grandparents and my religious heritage. But in some ways, it took, me, it took me longer maybe than it should have to understand that I had a full portion of the Spirit too. I got saved as a 13-year-old, 13 years old. And let me tell you something, it took. Jesus took hold of me, and I took hold of him. And what I came to understand was I got a full download. I developed an intimate, personal relationship with the Holy Spirit that is active and vibrant today and something that God is eager to see happen in all of us. Pastor David Jeremiah, great book entitled God in You. He wrote about this idea of what does it really mean to have God in us, for the Holy Spirit to come and take residence in us, the third person of the Trinity. And he says really there are 11 scriptural passages that really bear down on this topic. And he says really probably the, the, the key passage and the most profound is actually in this letter that Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. Here's what I want to say, church. Man, we all come to the same well. And when we drink from that well, we all experience the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit. And the instantaneously, the moment that happens, I want you to know you don't get a half-charged battery. The person of the Holy Spirit gets deposited in you. You have all the resources of heaven and earth at your disposal. It's all here. And I wonder what would happen I wonder, wonder what would happen if we really, really believed that. You know, a hundred years ago, a group of pastors were planning a citywide evangelistic campaign. And back in that day, one of the most dynamic evangelists of the day was D.L. Moody. And uh, they were talking about the importance of wanting to bring the right um, evangelist to this citywide uh, uh, crusade campaign. And uh, one uh, rather uh, uh, vocal and demonstrative pastor stood up. He said, well, you think the way all of you are talking that Mr. Moody has a monopoly on the Holy Spirit. You know, because you always got to get the guy, right? It's always about getting the right guy. It's not. But it it was dead quiet in the room until another pastor stood up and said, Sir, I beg to differ. I don't believe that um, Mr. Moody has really a monopoly on the Holy Spirit. But I am quite convinced that the Holy Spirit has a monopoly on Mr. Moody. Okay? Here's the application. Does the Holy Spirit have a monopoly on you? What I'm saying is, The scripture is very, very clear that we've been given 
the person of the Holy Spirit at the moment of conversion, a full download. The question is, are we accessing all of that full download that is available to us? See, because when we get further in to our text, it's just more of what Paul has already been covering. The third point is who's who in God's church? Who's who? We, we, again, these were normal people getting attached to uh, their preferred leader. And they were starting to get obsessed with human leaders instead of being obsessed with the one that they should be focused on, and that is Jesus. And that's always a tension in the church. It's always a tension. Um, I shared the last time I preached from this platform. I'm going to tell you one of the significant reasons, one of the significant factors that God used to seal my decision to come to be part of this team. And it was a big decision, a big decision for me, was the leadership of this church. I have enormous respect for the founding pastor, for Steve. He is a phenomenal, godly man. I have enormous respect for Pastor Sean. I love that guy. I love him more than he even realized. And I'm not brown-nosing here because I understand the weight and responsibility that comes with the assignment. But here's the thing. I don't worship Steve. I don't worship Sean. You shouldn't worship Steve. You shouldn't worship Sean. Just like the, first, uh, the church in Corinth in the first century shouldn't have been worshiping Peter or Apollos. They shouldn't have been choosing camps. That's not the way God works in his church. Dr. Orge said, you know, Christian celebrity is an oxymoron. It's an oxymoron. Here's what I, man, if you leave here and you don't get this, I'm going to feel like I failed. Because, look, all I am is a servant of God being faithful to my assignment today to communicate the word to you. And here's the thing. The same Holy Spirit that lives in me, if you have trusted Christ as your Savior and Lord, lives in you. And each one of you have an assignment, and you should be asking the same thing and be determined to commit to the same thing that I did this morning when I got up. I just said, Lord, I, here I am. Send me, man. I, I have an assignment. I don't, want, I don't want to be full of myself, God. I want to be full. Holy Spirit, I want to be full of you today. Right? Because I know if I'm full of you, you're going to spill out on others. And Holy Spirit, if you'll spill out on others, perhaps something really good will happen on Monday. And we'll see the church scattered and powerfully moving in our community. Last fill-in is simply this. We, the church, we, the church, have total access. Total access. That's really, that's really what... Paul is driving home at the end of this, right? Like, wait, you're boasting about following a particular human leader. It all belongs to you. Paul, Apollos, Peter, the world, life, death, or the present or the future, everything belongs to you. And you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. It's all, in other words, it's all access, man. All access. It was kind of, I had some fun um, when Derek came uh, last Saturday. You know, all of a sudden I noticed, I, and I, I haven't been a lifelong, forgive me, I haven't been a lifelong Raider fan. I don't know, Raider Nation, forgive me. But like, all right, I, I'm, I, I, I'm glad Derek's coming here. But like I had people calling me, hey, you know, you're pastor on staff. I'm sure you've got an all-access pass. 
you know, kind of an eagerness, could, could he sign my baby or, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure what they wanted. But here's the thing. Uh, there was a design and a method to his madness. He had handlers. They brought him in the side door. He came right to the platform, did a beautiful interview, honored God, and then guess what? His handlers whisked him out of here. And some of us were going, hey, you should have stuck around, signed a few babies, a few autographs. Interesting. I learned something about Derek Carr. He said, I have a, a, a deep conviction, and it's a, a principled action of mine, and that's simply this. Anytime I'm on the platform of a church, I come in and I go out quickly. Because I do not want to steal any of the thunder from the main show, from the one to whom we should be pointing to and looking to, right? How awesome is that? I mean, I'm a, bi- I'm a bigger Derek Carr fan now, bigger. You know why? Because he, he gets it. There's a get it factor. But here's what I want to say. You don't need Derek Carr. Don't need, look, you have, <laughs> the Bible says you have full access. That the Holy Spirit lives in you. You have all the authority, all the power of heaven available to you. And man, if you are a follower of Jesus, man, I don't know how you can come here and not be fired up to go out and be the church, right? To see, man, I'm a, I'm a little pack of power, right? I'm ready to roll. Let's go. Let's go. Bow your heads with me as we begin to conclude our time together. Hi, this is Pastor Sean Beatty from Clovis Hills Community Church. I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. Hey, I encourage you to download the Clovis Hills app on your phone. With the app, you can do all kinds of things like prayer requests, live notes, giving. I also encourage you to check out our uh, Facebook Live page if if you want to watch online. You can come to our services live. They're Saturday nights at 6 o'clock, Sundays at 9 a.m. and 1040. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast.